Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from the Breakpoint Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Marcus and I discussing our love and passion for the game of tennis. Your engagement and support goes a long way to helping this podcast continue to grow. Please be sure to give us a follow. Rate our podcast on our social channels, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you get your podcasts. And on social media, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod 7, LinkedIn, and of course, our website, podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you're the first to know when there's a new episode drop and more people like you can find our podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast starring myself, Marcus, and my co-host Frankie. And in today's short form episode, we're going to do a little short form one. We're going to see if Frankie uh, can bust some kind of common tennis myths that not too many people think about. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Craig O'Shaughnessy, the head of Brain Game Tennis, who is also Novak Djokovic's former coach for publishing these stats and doing these studies. Um, Pretty eye-opening stuff and will make you think differently about the way you play tennis. Frankie, are we ready? Yep. Who's ready for a nice 45-minute short-form episode? (laughs) Let's do it, baby. (laughs) All right, Frankie. um, Number one, what is the most common, in terms of percentage of occurrences, what is the most common rally length? Uh, on the pro tour and these these stats that i'm talking about specifically are from the 2015 australian open men's draw most common by percentage so just the 2015 australian open yes um however yes however this data does translate pretty regularly across the board okay so for clay i would have guessed like six for grass i honestly would have guessed three so I'll split the difference for hard court and I'll go four and a half. So the, what I what I was talking about is the most common occurrence. Oh, sorry. I misunderstood. What is. Yeah. Oh, an like error. How, well, now, how long of a point, though? Like is or most points, four shots or most points, three shots, two shots. So that's six that's shots. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. So no, I did understand it. That's what I was saying. I was saying okay. for grass, I would have guessed three shots for clay. I would have guessed six mm-hmm. hard court. I would say four and a half. So, yeah, four or five. OK, ready? Rally length percentages from the men's singles at the 2015 Australian Open. 30 percent of the points played at that tournament. And this is the highest percentage by far was one shot wow that yeah i i i am not surprised that i i was expecting it to be shockingly low yeah one shot and now a shot by the way for our listeners is determined as a ball that actually goes in the court so if i serve to frankie and frankie misses the return it's only one shot but if i hit a serve and frankie hits a return winner that's two shots so that's the mind-blowing stat number one and that go ahead so that's an interesting definition of it. If I would have, I, I actually, I mean, I, I would have stuck with my guess, but mm-hmm. that actually makes me definitely lean towards towards it being like two or shorter. three. Shorter? Yeah, way shorter. Mm-hmm. Because that second ball doesn't count as a, as a shot. It's only the one that goes in. I agree. And that the, makes next, sense. 
so one shot is at 30 two shots is that it drops in half it goes to 15 percent three shots is about 10 four is about eight and then it just keeps going down so the importance of the serve and the return in tennis is incredible uh and definitely will make you think about training differently here's another one frank it makes it makes me feel a lot better Right. Because how many times have I like gone to play or you gone to play and you're like playing a match with your friends and it's just like you can't even get the return back? Well, turns out pros can't get it back either. So, yes, looks like I'm going on the ATP tour. Next question. Next question. Now, we all know, Frankie, the typical myth of clay court tennis is that rallies are long, grinding you know, 10 plus shots, got to really figure things out there within these long rallies. Frankie, what do you think the, now I'm going to give you three categories. Zero to four shots is one category. Five to eight shots is the second category. And then nine plus is the third. What do you think the percentages are for clay court versus hard court for those categories? Wait, wait. De- define that. What do you mean by the percentages? So, like, how many, how many, how many, how many percent like of points? Fifty percent of rallies on a hard court are five to eight. Sixty percent of rallies on a clay court are five to eight. Like that, you're saying? Yeah, and I want you to do it for I all think, three for okay, both yeah, each yeah, surface. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that. What's the time period? Uh, time period meaning like when these stats were when, taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the stat recorded? Uh, twenty sixteen. Okay, so, so that's, that's post that's post uniformity nonsense that they've done now. Post wooden racket. Um yeah. Um I would say that they're gonna be pretty similar for all, would be my guess. I would guess there's gonna be like five to ten uh, percent variation between the three. I will say that sixty percent of points are zero to four, you said is one category. I would yep. say sixty percent of rallies on a hard i'm going to do hard court first because i'm imagining that's the most neutral 60 okay. percent or zero to four on a hard court um i'm going to say 30 percent are five to eight on a hard court and then that leaves 10 percent for eight plus okay sure let's go with that a clay court i'll bump it up five percent so 55 percent are zero to four uh, 35% are five to eight. And then that is, or sorry, not 35%. No, no, no. 35%. And yeah. then 10%, nine plus. Yeah, let's do that. That's fine. Um, for a grass court, I'm going to say 5%. I don't even think it's 5%. I think it's lower than that. I think it's like 2% or 10 plus. Um, I'm going to say like 20% are five to eight so that would be like 69 70 percent um yeah for zero to four on the grass that's my rough estimate okay so i actually don't have the grass court numbers in front of me because it wasn't done in this study however i've got the clay versus uh the the hard court now 26 and these are all roland garros and us open by the way so for 2016 on zero to four shots for Roland Garros was 66.9%. Okay. 
20 for zero to four shots. Five to eight shots was 21.2. Nine plus shots was 11.9. And for the U.S. Open was zero to four shots, 68%. Five to eight shots, 21.3. Nine plus shots, 10.7. Now, this is where it really starts to blow my mind. 2017 Roland Garros and U.S. Open. Zero to four shots. Roland Garros, 70.7% of the points were zero to four shots. The U.S. Open was less. It was 67.8. 19.4 for five to eight shots. 21.1 for the U.S. Open. And then nine plus shots at Roland Garros that year, even 10%, even 11% of the U.S. Open. If we're combining the three years of data between 2016, 2017, 2018, Zero to four shots, 68.6% for Roland Garros. More than the US Open, which is at 68. 20.75 5 to 8 shots, 21.2 for the US Open. And then 9 plus, 10%, and about 10%. Thoughts, Frankie? Clay Court apparently is so, a first strike surface. I know. So my 9 plus was, was spot on. It was about 10%. Yep. Yes, that was right. But the percentages of zero to four are just wow. Um, yeah, I mean, the most shocking stat that you told me was that it was higher at Roland Garros than the U.S. Open because the U.S. Open is a pretty fast hard court as well. Yep. So that is that is really surprising. I'm wondering if that has to do. I mean, obviously they're speeding up the clay, especially when it's drier out. It it gets to be relatively fast, and like with like slice serves and other things that players are able to do more now like you can really make it difficult to you know do anything my sort of thought potentially is that as the game has become more and more hardcore centric which it is players are learning and getting used to returning on that surface more so they're more comfortable with that than they are moving and returning on a clay surface and I also think that the style of returning like 30 feet back on a clay court is not really as effective because the ball can grab the clay and really has a much wider radius that it can move the returner versus on a hard court where there's only so much you're going to be moving right to left. Yeah. The clay court one got me. The Claycore one really got me, I got to say, because I never, ever thought, and when we're watching Roland Garros, that you would think that zero to four shots is the most common and more than a faster hard court. I think, I think we also just get uh, influenced by, like, we're focusing on guys like Novak and Rafa and Carlos that just get every ball back. So, like, their average rally is probably really high. But, like, if you go onto the lower rungs, like, n no human being is getting most of these balls back, <laughs> you know? I, no, I, think the, it, I think that's why. And I think also the fact that when we, if you don't tune, if you don't tune into a whole match, then what you're being shown on Instagram and on YouTube are the longer, more exciting rallies and not the two shots, one shot rallies. And then also when you go to a tennis match, all you really remember, right? Like you and I went to go see Dominic team play Carreño Busta last year together. And 
we went from that we left that match thinking thinking about like five or ten points where we were like whoa that blew our mind man that was crazy but like 70 percent of the time it was just serve plus one return plus one maybe serve return next ball and net like that that's that's tennis and it really makes you think about how what what strategy is going on out there now if you go watch a tennis match you're going to think differently when you're watching guys serve strategically place the serve strategically place the return and they're trying to get control of the point immediately regardless of surface because apparently stats show most of the points are going to end up like this yeah i mean that i think is always the interesting sort of statistic to to take in and it's not i don't think it's going to be on your mythbusters because i think it's pretty well known at this point but the majority of points end in an error they're not ending a in forced winners. error yeah either a By forced error or an unforced error, like any sort of error like yeah. most points are ending that way so it definitely sort of makes you as a player sort of think about and realize you just need to get the ball back <laughs> and like i think one of the things that's come by me as a player now um sort of maturing a little bit is like realizing i don't need to hit a winner against these guys like i could just get the ball back and i'm gonna win like so just get the ball back yeah consistency is key it's kind of changed the way that i think about returning now because i have a pre- i have a pretty good serve i'm a tall guy and i and i enjoy serving but returning i've just always been kind of a little bit more tentative but now you know i'm like you know what if we can get this point going from the go get a good return in deep middle kind of like nole does or just be even being aggressive on second serves if you can the best tennis players ever frankie have the highest win percentage on second serve points or like second serves um, I was just reading some stats off where Nadal, I think it was Nadal, it might have been Del Potro. Del Potro had like 33 aces, five double faults. Nadal had like three aces and four double faults. But Nadal won the match because he won like 60% of his second serve points. Well, yeah, it's because when you're playing a guy like Novak, right? You're, if you miss your first serve, I would say that Novak is now favored to win the point. There's very few yeah. players ever that you could say that about. Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal, Andy Murray at his prime, um, uh, Andre Agassi. Like these are the players that like sort of turn that that paradigm right and like take adv- away the advantage of the serve. Um, and that's why a guy like Pete Sampras, right? Like his all time, like why I picked him, I believe, for the greatest serve ever, is he's got the greatest second serve ever. I mean, it's like the guy's got two first serves. Pretty much, yeah. And then he would just go for broke on his return games. Just go for absolute broke. And if he broke, then it's kind of like... He needs one. He just needs one. That's sayonara. it. Sayonara. Yeah, oh, four... okay. You want to go to a tie break? Sure. I need to break you on one point. Now I just need one point. One point, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, that Frankie, that's all I've got for, for Mythbusters. I just thought that those specific ones were super interesting, especially the Claycourt one. That one really, really blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. we're going to talk about this in another episode, I think, one day, like during the off season, of just how the surfaces have definitely become more homogenized. And they are becoming more homogenized as we speak. 
Um, and that's sort of why we've seen guys be successful on our, all four surfaces now versus like 20, 30 years ago. Like that was so much harder. Like a guy like Pete, like speaking of Pete Sampras, Pete Sampras, if he was playing on today's Roland Garros, probably would have won one. IMO. Um, maybe. I mean, that's why. That's why I think Bjorn Borg is like amazing because he oh, did it at a time where contrast was insane. It's 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 the contrast in those days was just like there was a reason people have to remember. The la- like there was a period where no one did what Bjorn Borg did of winning Roland Garros and Wimbledon on the men's side for like 40 years. It didn't happen for like 30, 40 years. Yeah, until Nadal, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. It was when Nadal first won Wimbledon. That was the first time it happened since Borg. Crazy, crazy. So, guys, if you have any other cool stats, Mythbusters that you'd like to share with us, we'd more that we would love to have you on the pod for another one of these because I think this can become a little little series for us, um, sprinkled in throughout the year. And we'd love to have you on as a guest if you want to dispute this or if you want to discuss why you think it's happening or anything. We're here. We're, we're all here for it. So um, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, hit us up on Instagram if you want to be a part of it at Breakpoint Podcast 7. And we'll catch you on next time's uh, on the next Mythbusters. See you. See you guys next time. Hopefully you could stump me. I bet you can't.